one, two, three, one. Here we go. Welcome to Word Time. This is Coach Shelby with Coach for Christ, and uh, we're bringing you a word today. We've been talking about, me and my son Derek have been talking about walking in the Spirit, and uh, uh, Derek will be giving an overview of Romans 7 and 8. Um, but basically, walking in the Spirit is about making a choice. The first thing that we must do, and you need to hear what I'm saying clearly, is that we must put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ, Him crucified, risen from the dead. Jesus himself, the first message he preached when he came out of the wilderness was, repent, the kingdom of heaven's at hand. To repent means to turn from your wicked ways. It means that your friends should not recognize you. I'm putting it in something that you maybe you can understand and maybe you can't. If they still recognize you, you have not repented. Go back to the cross, lay your sin at the cross of Calvary, plead for the blood of the lamb, and I promise you one drop of the blood of Jesus is able to cleanse every sin you've ever done, past, present, and future. Yet we continue to come to the cross of repentance daily. So that's what we're talking about. When that is established, when that is done, then there's a time where the Lord will pick you up and cause you to deny yourself, pick up your own cross, not the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is where the forgiveness is. It was the cross that only God himself could bear, but your cross, which means you reckon yourself dead to this world, which means that you no longer allow your sin nature to rule in your mortal body. And then you begin to follow Jesus. How do you do that? Well, a good place to start is in the Word of God, but you must understand that the Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. It gets all the way down into the heart and divides that which is not of God from that which is of God. That's what it does. This Word in John 6, 63 is life and spirit. So you're going to have to make a decision to walk in the Spirit. When you make that decision, and you step out in faith, the anointing of God's going to come upon you and lead you into all truth and righteousness. And I hope that made sense to you. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce my son, uh, Derek, soon to be Coach Shelby. Um, I don't know how we're going to distinguish that, but there'll be uh, two I'm big others. Coach Shelby and you're little Coach Shelby. That's how it goes. Well, as I get older, I've gotten littler, but anyway, <laughs> big in the no, spirit. I, Amen. I, I think you started off just right talking about repentance because that's what walking in the spirit is. Good. Because whenever you walk in the spirit, you put to death your own desires and you follow God's desires. It's mm -hmm. symbolic of repentance. Even John the Baptist said, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Right. What does that mean? That means that you have a heart and a desire for God. Whenever you mess up, you are truly sorry for it. You're not sorry because you got caught. You're sorry because you know that it was not pleasing to God. And you want mm -hmm. to please the one that loves you. Correct. So in order to start this walk in the spirit part four, I also believe it is the final walk in the spirit. Unless the Lord just tells us when we're done that there's some more that we need to hit that, uh, I heard a message this week, and it was very short. Like I only listened to probably two minutes of it, but that's all I needed to hear because it, it really rejuvenated my fire in this walk in the spirit deal. Not that it was going out, but uh, it really it hit me hard. It gave me something else, and I feel like every week the Lord is showing me something different, and he's even breaking down this walk in the spirit talk uh, even simpler than I thought it was originally. When the Lord told me in Romans 6, 12, or he showed me Romans 6, 12, you know, that in order to not let sin reign in your mortal body, you don't obey it in its lust. Like, how can it get more simpler or more simple than that? Yeah. I don't know, but God <clears throat> yeah. knows, and he's been showing me every week. And I wanted to share something from Matthew 13, 44, and it's only one verse long. It's a parable of the hidden treasure. It says, Jesus says in 13, 44, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. 
and I'm actually looking at the parable of the pearl of great price. It's only two verses long right after it. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. But I wanted to focus on uh, verse 44 before we get into Romans 7 and 8, as that is our focus today, that I know that Jesus is talking about heaven when he says the hidden treasure. He could even be talking about himself. And we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except through him. So uh, there's, a, there's a couple things that we could plug in there. But when we're talking about walking in the Spirit, as soon as I heard this message earlier this week, and like I said, I only listened to a couple minutes of it just long enough to hear this story, which is not very long, as you can tell in one verse, that this man, he went and found a treasure hidden in a field. He's walking around a field, and he found a treasure. As soon as he saw it, he saw that it was worth more than everything he had back home. It says that he gladly went back home, sold everything that he had, and returned back to the treasure. He was happy to get rid of everything he had because he knew that what he had found was much greater, of much greater value than what he had been holding on to back at his house. Right, right. So in the same way, whenever we talk about putting to death the deeds of our flesh, the old carnal nature, that we need to subdue it, that Christ has came to destroy it. When we're talking, you know, even the dream that I had where I was carrying around my body, if, uh, if you've been listening since part one, where my dad told me in the dream, said, you need to destroy it. You need to burn it in the fire. And I didn't do it. I just, you know, buried it in the shop building, saved it for later, I guess. You know, I don't know. Sometimes you don't know what you're doing in the dream, but I know what the point was. That was my old man that I needed to destroy. And in the same way, whenever you see that God's desires in your life and his desire is for you to walk in the spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because we can't walk in the spirit without being filled. His desire is for us to receive his Holy Spirit so that we can walk in the spirit and walk in victory in this life leading us into the victorious next life with him, which is eternity. And whenever we see that his desires are much greater for us than our own desires are, it's so easy. We are glad to get rid of our old desires. We are glad to follow Christ. We are glad to not fall into temptation. Not that it's going to be easy, but we are happy to give up our own desires to follow Christ's desires. And that's the way that I saw this, uh, this message of the hidden treasure. It just, as soon as I heard it, it, I tied it into walking in the spirit. I mean, that's what's been on my mind for a month now. You know, you're, but, uh, you're sitting there talking about that, Derek. And you know, what I keep hearing is there's no backup plan. If yeah. You're going to walk in the spirit. There's no backup plan. You can't save any part of your former life There's no backup plan. Right. Get rid of your backup plan. Trust in God. Either backup plan is evidence that you don't trust God and you're not truly walking the Spirit. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is being grieved and you're truly not going to follow Him. Stop the backup plan. I'm talking to myself as well as anybody listening. There's no yeah. backup plan here. You know, right. don't take no heed. Take no worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough problems of, it own, of its own. Not even a sparrow can fall from heaven unless God knows about it or causes it to happen. How much more valuable are you than many birds? I just put yeah. that in a little different lingo, but it's the same message. And so True. stop the backup plan. Yeah, that's what repentance is. It's turning away from what you want, turning to yes, what God wants trust for in you. God. So there is no backup plan. I like that. Right. Uh, Romans chapter seven. Let's go ahead and get into it. And I also want to clarify and say, um, I'm not going to be reading the entire chapter. I might be skipping some verses here and there. That doesn't mean the verses are not important. Right. That just means that we don't have enough time. Unless you want to listen to a two-hour message on Romans chapter 7, and then part two would be Romans chapter 8 for another two hours. So <laughs> um, just to keep these messages short, 
and to hit the point. Um, I believe that if you're listening, that you ought to be studying yourself That's as right. well. These, these messages are just guides and kind of a motivation and yes. an encouragement for you to go read the word yourself. Right. So I just kind of want to hit some highlights because also if I read the entire chapter, I might be saying some of the same things over and over again. And, you know, I think that I should get my point across in one saying. So let's go ahead and hit Romans chapter seven, starting in verse okay. six. Right. Okay. Um, even though I'm going to start in verse six, let me go ahead and say this, that in Romans chapter seven, verse one through five, he is talking about how if a woman's husband dies, she is no longer bound to her husband. She is free to marry another mm -hmm. in the same way. We have died to the flesh, having died to sin, having died to the law. We can now be married to Christ. Mm -hmm. Again, go and read that yourself. Put it together the way that you can understand it. But that's just to kind of set up verse 6. So I'm going to read 6 through 8, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 12. Okay. It says, Now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law, for I would not have known covetousness unless the law said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire, for apart from the law, sin was dead. So before I read verse 12 and skip down there, we see that the law is not sin. Paul asks the question, then he answers the question. Right. The law is not sin. The law shows us our sin. Right? right? The law, it actually, I was about to get ahead of myself. Let's go to verse 12. Okay. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. So you can read in the blanks, whoever's listening. If you want to read your Bibles, go ahead and read in the blanks there. But he's just explaining how the law uncovered our sins, showed us where we messed up. And in yeah. previous messages, we talked about how we knew that God, God had planned from the foundation of the world that he was going to send his son. He knew that we couldn't obey the law. He knew that his son was the only one that could fulfill the law in the flesh. And this was all planned out. So it's not that God sent the law and was like, okay, I'm going to see if they can obey it first. And then our backup plan is Jesus. No, Jesus was the first plan from the beginning. All right. Yeah. So he knew that sending the law was going to reveal to us where we were wrong. All right. And that, you know, it, re it reveals the heart of God. And whenever we realize how much God loves us and that in order to spend eternity with him, we need to walk in the spirit then, like I said, this is the hidden treasure that we found that that we have found in the field. Right. That we are willing to give up all of our old desires for this new desire, which right. is God's desire. We are to be conformed into the image of Christ and put away the old things because now we have the mind of Christ. Right. Anyways, I was about to get off on Corinthians, but uh, we need to stick on Romans. So let me go down a little bit, unless you've got something to add in there. Well, the same thing you're saying, maybe in a different way or whatever. But, you know, bottom line is, is the, the law is holy and good. The law is the heart of God, as you said. And no human being can fulfill that law. It's impossible. Therefore, God demands a death, a denial of yourself, and an acceptance of him. Uh, the law right. can only be fulfilled in Christ. Christ did not do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. Not one jot or tittle of the law shall pass away till it be fulfilled is what Jesus said. But what we have to understand is um, in the old covenant, you had to obey the law. Um, I'm just checking my screen here. But you had to obey the law to the best of your ability, and God honored that because they slaughtered bulls and goats and things like that. But in the new covenant, you obey the law by walking in Christ. And a lot of people will tell you that it's, it's, more, it, it's, it's easier now 
and I don't mean to say this the wrong way, maybe my English is not real good, but it's not easier now. It's a better covenant. Here's yeah. why it's not easier, because it completely eliminates you from the equation, whereas before, you could just get up and say, you know what, I'm not going to go cheat on my wife, and you were good with God, even if uh, maybe mentally you were having some breakdowns. Now, yeah. you're not good if mentally you're having breakdowns and you don't physically cheat on your wife, because now your life is in Christ, and you're bringing something unholy into the temple of God. Okay, which God is in your temple, you're his temple, yet you're in Christ too, Colossians 3.3. 3. So we need to understand that. We must die. The only the law came about so that we would die. Dead people yep. can't make decisions and they can't try to walk in holiness. They die, surrender, and they wind up with their life is hidden in Christ. I'm Christ and Christ is God's, is what Colossians says. So Yeah. Yeah, that leads me into the next section that I want to hit on, which is verses 15 through 20. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and read this. Now, I've read this in the past, and it can get real confusing, but I'm going to do my best to explain what Paul's talking about here, and I, I think I've got it pretty simple for you. But it says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So, just to break this down simply, it's, I mean, he says the same things a few times, actually. Um, he's talking about the struggle, that there's a war mm -hmm. between the flesh and the spirit. When you're trying to walk in the spirit, that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't realize the lust of your flesh. That doesn't mean that you don't realize the world. We still live in the world. Right. Jesus has conquered the world. He's conquered sin. He's the only one that could do it in the flesh. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because this is uh, one of my next points. But there's going to be a struggle. And if there's not a struggle, we talked about this last time. I believe you, you said this last time. That if there's not a struggle, then there's a problem, all right? Um, if there's no struggle, there's no presence of God. Right. There's no yeah, opposing that's, force, that's no good said. and evil, period. That's what you said, and that's, yeah. that's exactly what Roman is dealing with, yeah. or Romans. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul is dealing with right here. He's saying that what I will to do, that I don't practice. <clears throat> but he's saying I, if I agree with the law, then I agree that the law is good. So he agrees with the law of God, but he says that sometimes he doesn't practice exactly walking in the spirit, I guess, right, to tie it right. into what we're talking here. Yeah. That some, sometimes it's hard and sometimes you mess up. But the thing yeah. is, just like I said before, are you bearing fruits worthy of repentance? Because yeah. if you are, yeah. this is the kind of things that you're going to be saying. It's like, why did I mess up? I knew better than that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I know to do right, <clears throat> but for some reason I keep falling back into my sin. There's a, there's a fruit worthy of repentance, and that is a sorrow, a godly sorrow. The Bible says that there's a difference between a godly sorrow and a worldly sorrow. sorrow. Well, you know, the, fact, the fact that Paul's saying what he's saying, some Bible scholars will teach you right here that Paul wasn't even born again right here. That, that's bull. He wouldn't even know to say what he's saying if he wasn't. There's no war unless God shows up on the scene. Well, God, how can an unsaved person yeah. say everything that we've read so, so far? <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, Exodus 15.3 says that God is a God of war. What's the war? He said, you shall have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Amalek's the grandson of Esau. Esau represents the flesh. Esau I've hated, Jacob I've loved. And so the evidence that you are aware and convicted 
of sin in your life, even though it may continue to come around, it, it, it shouldn't, but nevertheless not get into that just yet. The evidence that it disgusts you and bothers you could be the evidence that God is still in your life because without God, you become comfortable in your sin. Right. Be, yeah. I could go more, but I need to stop. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. So could I. Yeah. Um, I, I always relate things to the weight room whenever, uh, just to make things easier for me, because that's what I understand. And I encourage those who are listening, those who read the word that, uh, you know, some of the things that you do, maybe God can relate it to, to your hobbies and things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I wrote down that when you've been taking the flesh to the weight room by giving it into its desires and feeding it what it wants, it's going to continue to stay strong. Mm-hmm. But whenever you stop taking your flesh to the weight room, you stop obeying the desires of your flesh by walking in the spirit, it gets weak and starts to atrophy. And, you know, that's, I think that goes perfectly with the situation we're in now with the coronavirus. A lot of people hadn't been going to the weight room. They can see physically what I'm talking about spiritually, right? <laughs> so let's go to verses I'm checking myself out when you're talking anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I said I was just checking myself out. So just edit that part out of the video on me. But anyway, I'm just All checking right. myself out. It's like I'm doing this new you, bun tightening workouts, but it's not the same. So <laughs> are you atrophying? Uh, I don't know if I'm atrophying, but I, I feel, anyway, go ahead. It don't matter. Well, I understand people, what you People said. will be able to see on the video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, verses 22 through 25, again, I'm skipping around. Not that the other verses aren't important, but just because we're on a time limit. Uh, <clears throat> for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity, the law of sin, which mm-hmm. is in my members. He's still talking about the struggle. Yes. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Yes. So who's going to save us from this body of death? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Je- Jesus has done it. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because as we know, chapters and verses weren't written in chapters and verses. This was a continuous letter that Paul wrote. So let's just go into chapter eight and let's see where he goes from there. And verse one. He says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now get this. There's a second half to this verse. Check this out. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's right. Yeah. Now I see a lot of posts on social media that cut the last part of that out. And I don't know if it's because people don't understand it or if, I don't know why. You know, there's I'm a lot of Bibles that don't not, even put that in there, Derek. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of Bibles that do not even put that latter part. When I was at Calvary Christian Academy, kids were coming in saying, there's no condemnation those in Christ Jesus. I said, what's the rest of it say? And they went and got their Bibles, and there's nothing there. Really? Yeah, not, so that's none dangerous. None of my Bibles. I was looking through mine because I was, I was showing that to Aubrey, and mm. she said, well, other Bibles probably don't have it. And I was just like, they that's don't. crazy. Because this, like, this completes the verse. Yeah, it tells you, know? you the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. So. Yes. There's no condemnation to those who walk in the spirit. Why? Let's keep walking. Let's, let's keep walking. Let's keep reading. <laughs> let's keep for, the law, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Right. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So just as we mentioned earlier, that the only one that could fulfill the law in the flesh was Jesus. That is why he is our perfect sacrifice. All right. So 
we go through here and we read in verse 4 of chapter 8 that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. So I got a lot of stuff running through my mind. I'm just trying to think of the best way to explain this. But the righteous requirement of the law. So we know that the law is righteous. It is holy. It is good. It is the heart of God. Right. It is God's desire for us to obey <laughs> his law, to turn from our own desires to God's desires. That's why it's so important. I'm going to emphasize again that we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not that you can't have a desire for God without the Holy Spirit. It's just you're not going to have any power and you're not going to have any help. That's why that's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He called him the helper in John. I don't remember the chapter, but it was in the last message yeah. that he called. He said, I'm going to send you the helper whenever I'm gone, that you're going to be you're going to be able to be filled. And there's going to be gifts to come with it. And we see that in, in Acts. We see that, you know, somebody like Peter who denied Jesus three times when he went to go uh, when he got uh, taken to be crucified, that on the day of Pentecost, he was preaching off the balcony to thousands of people. There's power and boldness that come with the Holy Spirit because then his spirit lives in you. And then you have the power of God in you. It's not your power. It's God's power empowering you. Right. You're just a vessel that God uses to minister to others. And it hel and he helps you walk in the spirit. You know, Derek, so, we wouldn't even be sitting right here doing this podcast. Why would we have an interest in doing this with our whole lives before us? There's plenty of other things we could be doing. We're not getting paid any money to do this. It's not a, it's not our job. It's, it's our, um, it's our desire and yeah. that's the Holy spirit in us. It is yeah. our desire. There's a song. I just, I'm not going to sing it to you that it, it is our desire to honor you, Lord. Anyway, right. I just, I couldn't help to put that in there. The fact that somebody's listening to this podcast from us is because the desire of God's in us. We're not perfect people, but we love God. We yeah. Love God. Yeah. That's I mean, it's, that's and it's him. a, con it's a continuous, uh, it's a continuous walk. The Bible says yes. work out your salvation and I don't want to get off topic, but it's a continuous walk. Even Paul, we see here that even Paul struggled. We're all going to have struggles. It's the decision that you make. Are you going to keep following yes. the Holy spirit? Or are you going to turn away and you're going to do what you want to do instead? Isn't that good you news? Know? Isn't it good yeah. news to sit here and know that we beat ourselves down and all of us listening, probably who knows how many people are going to be listening and where this thing's going to go. But there's some of you that need to inject this, Derek. I don't want to take much because you're doing a good job. Sure. But there's people listening. I mean, I've been there. And that's I'm speaking mixed. I don't usually ever minister on things I don't have experience with to where you feel like I was walking this morning out there and it was kind of cool. It was cold. And, uh, and man, I just sit there, man. And I'm sitting there going, God, am I even saved? <laughs> you know? I mean, and somebody listening to that, to understand that, I don't have words to describe that to you. Am I even saved? If, if, if Jesus came back right now, would I, would I even make it? Well, yeah. I hope and I believe and I do know that the evidence of a person that has God is those kind of thoughts and feelings. I don't deserve well, to go to heaven. I deserve to burn in hell. I don't well, deserve I would say, I would say that the, the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you seek him, the more he reveals to you what needs to be changed, which is going to be dealing with sin. And it's going to be de dealing with walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. The more you realize you need a savior, right. the more you realize that you can't do it by yourself. So, and it's when you get saved, you're on top of the world and it's like, wow, you know, you're going to heaven, but the longer you walk with the Lord, the lighter, the, the it's almost like the closer you get to the light. I know that's not literally correct, but the light, as God begins to enlighten you and show you more of his word, the more filthy you begin to see that you are many times, even though you're washed in the blood, 
He takes you to places, and I've said this before, ministering down in the basement, up in the attic, into the garage, places that maybe your living room's clean and you are saved. But then he begins to take you into the closets, into the places you hadn't been for a while, out into the storage building. And all of that represents your life. And, uh, and it's really humbling. And I do believe it's God's will because those are those out there that don't understand, Derek, what we're talking about. They will tell you, quit being so hard on yourself, man. I've been told that so many times. And I told, and I, my answer to them is, and I didn't even know, is I don't ever want to stop being hard on myself because then I might forget my need for my awesome Savior. And I don't ever want to get there. I don't ever want to go there. Not condemnation, but I always want to remember that I'm a sick man in need of a Savior. Yeah. And I got one. And I need to always remember that. But I need to remember, remove the Savior. And, I'm, I, and it's, it's, it's done. It's over. I don't ever want to forget what God has done for me, ever, through Jesus yeah. Christ on the cross. Neither. That, that, that leads me straight into verse 5. So uh, verse 5 in chapter 8 of Romans says that those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live, or yeah, those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So when you walk in the spirit, you put your mind on the things of God, on God's desires. You're not walking in the flesh according to your own desires. For to be carnally minded is death. To walk in the flesh is death. Because if you walk in the flesh, you are not walking according to God's will and God's desires. and You cannot fulfill the law according to the flesh on your own. That's why we needed the sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is to walk in the spirit. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Right. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The <laughs> only one who could please God in the flesh was Jesus, and that's right. why he's the perfect sacrifice. Right. right. And that's why Hebrews says that, that you have a high priest who understands because he came down here and became a man and walked, and he was in all points tested and tempted as we are. Um, right. And yet he passed every test. Um but I want to say this, and before I give it back to you, is, you know, in verse 7 you said, uh, the carnal mind's the enmity against God, neither indeed, um, well, anyway, basically the carnal mind's the enmity against God. It says that several times. And to be spiritually minded is life, and to be carnally minded is death. But we've got a lot of carnal mindedness. We've got a lot of changing of God's laws. And by educated, uh, seems like good-willed people, anything that deviates from the Scripture, from the Word of God, is carnal. And we need to understand that. Your best life now is carnal. Um, anything, even if it deems to be good and has a sense of morality to it, um, even if you look like the perfect all-American family, the, the perfect all-American husband, you treat your wife right, she treats you right and all that. If the Word of God is not adhered to, if you're not bound to the Word of God, if you're not join heirs with Jesus Christ who is the Word of God and you're not in that obedient walk with Him, if you have no relationship with Him, no depth to that relationship, it is a carnal mind. And where my mind was going when I said that, and I probably don't need to say that, but I will uh, for the sake of time or whatever, but this gender confusion, this gender, gender neutral, transgender, you know, we don't hate nobody. You know, I don't want to see nobody go to that awful place of hell. But that is a carnal, complete de uh, de mind of depravity. Um, and there's, they're flirting, listen, whether it be sexual immorality or whether it be something else, as I just mentioned, even in the all-American family, listen to me. There is a time that God will stop drawing you. He will give you up. I'm not God, but Romans 1 declares it. Now, Romans 1 talks about sexual immorality, but 
the, the carnal, the, the immoral people of the world that are following the world system that are even uh, normal sexually are still going to go to the same hell as all those other ones are going to. They're going to be, they're going to be standing right beside Hitler, right? Hitler murdered, yeah. you know, thousands upon thousands of people, but you can be the best person and, and never been married more than once, never did anything wrong, paid the bills, all that, not have Jesus in your life and still stand, stand beside Hitler in the bowels of hell one day. So yeah, I, I just needed to inject that. I know that's simple, but I needed to say that. Yep. We need the same savior Hitler needed. That's right. So, uh, like I said, whoever's listening can go fill in the gaps on these scriptures, mm -hmm. but I want to jump down to verse 13. It says, if you okay. live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death, the deeds of the body, you will live walk in the spirit. I'm going to keep saying it. Hopefully you listening can know that this is talking about walking in the spirit Right. for as many as are led by the spirit of God. These are sons of God. So how do you know you're a child of God? You follow God's word. Yes. You right. obey his commandments. You're obedient. Yes, exactly. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You desire his ways over your own. I'm going to skip down to verse 16 and I'm going to end on verse 17. Okay. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Oh, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed yeah. we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Yes. Jumping back to verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And again, I'm going to say this again. Um, are you bearing fruits worthy of repentance? How do you know that your spirit is bearing spirit, bearing witness with the spirit of God? Because you have a repentant heart, because you love God. Yeah. And whenever you mess up, even when nobody else sees it but you, you know that you've disappointed the one that you love. Yes. All right. And that's all that I'm going to read on Romans. The rest of Romans 8 is really good because I've only read like half of the chapter. But those who are listening, I encourage you to go read. Yeah. I, I encourage you to go back and read Romans chapter 6 that we highlighted at the end of the message last week. Read Romans 6. Read all of Romans 7. And read all of Romans 8. Everything is good. Maybe God will show you something that he didn't show me. But we see here that these three chapters really talk about walking in the Spirit. And I don't want people to think that this is something that, not that it's hard, or not that it isn't hard. Let me say that. It's a struggle, just like Paul was saying, the things I will to do that I do not do. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. Right. It's a, you know, like that, that is a heart of repentance. That is a heart for God. You want to do what God has called you to do, but it's not a burden to put away your desires and to follow God's desires when you're walking in the spirit. It's not, um, I think burden is a good word. You know, it's not, it's not a burden, you know, but it is a struggle because you're fighting two battles. Right. You're having to subdue your flesh that you might have been giving into your whole life. And whenever you start walking in the spirit, your flesh is not going to give up. Right. Your flesh is actually not going to give up until you get your perfect body when Jesus comes back or you die. Right. So it is a constant struggle. It's a constant test. And mm -hmm. God, uh, God even told Cain before he murdered his brother Abel, he said, sin lies at your door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. I think the same message applies today, not only to Cain, but to me right. and to you. God is saying that sin is laying there waiting for you to open that door. He's waiting for you to listen to music you're not supposed to be listening to, to entertain things on yes. the Internet you're not supposed to entertain. He's, he's waiting for you to make the dirty joke at the lunch table. 
He's waiting for you to mess up in whatever sin you might be dealing with so that he can slip through the crack of that door. And you should rule over it. It's not it's not over whenever you mess up. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you need to bear fruits worthy of repentance. And your spirit should bear witness with God's spirit by bearing those fruits worthy of repentance. Are you sorrowful with a godly sorrow? Or are you sorrowful with a worldly sorrow because you got caught? There's a difference. And walking in the spirit, like I, I want to make it as simple as possible because, as I said in previous messages, that this message I feel like is for the believer who is stagnated. Or the believer who had just gotten saved and they don't know what else is next. Walking in the Spirit is not as difficult to comprehend as some might think. You know, walking in the Spirit is simply conforming to the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and accepting His sacrifice and walking in the law of God by accepting the Spirit of God and letting Him lead you. Right. And that's all I've got today. Well, and that's really good. And if they're listening... It's not too late. Um, you know, as we end this podcast, um, looks like we're going to be right about 35 minutes, but it's not too late. Um, I, I'd met the, the power of the Holy Spirit at 13 years old, Derek. You've heard that story a million times. And the only thing that I had to describe was power and, you know, fire and electricity. And I began to speak in tongues immediately, um, began to pray and see results immediately, um, you know, for sickness being healed, things like that. And, um, uh, but for 20 years, I followed the way of the flesh because some coaches and stuff, you know, uh, growing up uh, pretty much the way we grew up, and I won't go into all that. I don't want to hurt anybody, you know, uh, family-wise or nothing like that. But growing up the way we grew up, when a coach tells you you're pretty good and you're special son and you're going to do something with your life and all that, that's a good thing, right? But uh, the devil used that as an opportunity to grow my flesh and I began to fall in love with the game of football and weight room. And not that it's wrong to play football, but uh, I'm going to venture out there to say there are very, very, very few who can keep that in the proper balance, in the proper place. I'm also going to say that there are very, very few that can go work out, as you talked about a while ago, in a gym and keep God first. I, I'm, I'm telling you, and I think about this all the time when I, when I go to work out. I sit there and I think, and then I, I judge myself because the Bible says examine yourself to see if you be in the faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. I look around and it, and it kind of saddens me and it sickens me at the same time um, because a lot of times I'll go in on Saturday morning and I'll just, because I've got more time, I don't have to be at work. So I'll go in and I like to go Saturday morning so I don't have to hurry through my workout. And I look around and I see people that I see, you know, during the week and I'm sitting there thinking, looking at them, going like, man, I see dead people. I see people that have no relationship with God and their only desire is to build, as you, God told you back in Sanger, Texas, a perishing temple. So they're building these bodies that they're looking at in the mirror that they're lusting over, really is what they're doing. They've made an idol out of their cells, but they have no relationship with Christ whatsoever. And yet that body can drop dead like that. I mean, we know several people that have dropped, dropped dead basically since we've been here in Wise County. Um, they were young, younger than me. And, uh, you know, and, and today, of course, everybody says you, you'll have a hard time finding a preacher that will tell you crossways to this um, unless you call me. But everybody's going to tell you they're in heaven. But yet you never saw fruit of the kingdom of God in their life. Oh, they were nice people. They were this. They were that. So our, our priorities are wrong. They're all wrong. And I don't know the whole point that I'm trying to make with that. I just wanted to say that, that the world will stroke your flesh and it'll even tell you, hey, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Um, don't do this, don't do that, you know, good things, good moral things, but it's still a way I would call it self-righteousness. Let me just cut all this out. 
It's self-righteousness is what it is. And I think the self-righteous, you can see a clear picture of religion and self-righteousness when you look at the Pharisees. So take heed, examine yourself in the word of God. If your workout comes before your time with God, you're in trouble. If your wife or your husband comes before your time with God, you're in trouble. If your children come before your time with God, you're in trouble. If your job comes before your time with God, you're in trouble. Let me go a little deeper. Do I pray in my vehicle? Yes. But if your only prayer time is in your vehicle, you're in trouble with God. Why am I saying that? Because you have no time set apart for him, so you try to work him into your schedule. When you work God in your schedule, he's not real quick to oblige you. That's why you see no fruit in your life. That's one of the reasons. You know it's important, but it's not important enough for you to shut down, shut out, and, and get in his presence. It's not important enough for you. And I'm going to encourage you with this, the last thing. And then, Derek, you can close us in a prayer. Or okay. Whatever you got to say. Okay. Just get up in the morning and drop to your knees. I mean, I'll prophesy to you right now. Just drop. To, well, I don't feel like it. Well, that's why you need to do it. <laughs> Just drop to your knees. Just, well, I don't know what to say in my prayer. Just say, God, I love you. Thank you for what you did at the cross. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and be honest with him. Lord God, I don't feel like I need your help right now, but I'm doing this because I know it's the right thing to do. Give him, I don't care if it's the first five minutes of your day, give him the first fruit. Give it to him. I'm not saying you can't get up and go to the restroom and all that. I'm not trying to be all religious, but I'm saying before you go to work and do all the things that you do, drop down five or 10 minutes. Do you know what kind of blessing it would be, sir, if you would drop down on your knees and your wife heard you praying for her before she even got out of bed? Do you know what kind of blessing it'd be to your children? Do you know how it would impact their life at school? How they would begin to stand for righteousness, dad, if you would start dropping your knees and they heard you? Did it make a difference in your life, Derek? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I did. Anyway. <laughs> I'd say it did. Caught you off guard, but anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're talking and I didn't know. If yeah, I'm done. I just, <laughs> I just, it just hit me. I wasn't even thinking about you, but you grew up that way, Derek. You grew up in the word of God. Yeah. We were in the word. I, I would dare to say sometimes every day of the week, but a lot of times, well, three or four times a week. You know? I don't think even, even if I wanted to get away from God, I don't think he'd let me because, yeah. because you did exactly what God mm -hmm. wanted you to do. And I know not everybody's perfect. Not everyone does, you know, things exactly the way they need to all the time. But what you have done has helped me a lot. And I think that that's an important message. And I think that uh, we could get off going another 30 minutes on that, on how fathers ought to act. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the also how, how big of a opportunity it is for a coach, a pastor, or and especially a father to be around boys and to be a Christ-like example to those boys because yeah. it makes a big impact on them. And our girls. Even whenever, even whenever they grow up. And our girls. And girls. Yeah. But I'm, make sure I'm speaking you're not from my perspective as a male. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, our, our girls yes. are, are, I mean, our girls are desperate for fathers. They're desperate. They need the same thing our boys need. And, you know, no, I'm not even, no, that's, I'm not going to go there. But our yeah. girls are desperate for fathers and it grieves me. It, it grieves me. So uh, when I go into the classroom, when I go into the hallways, um, I do the job God tells me to do. I speak to those girls and those boys at the same time. And, uh, and I tell them what you're looking for. I say, here's what you're looking for. I tell them real quick, right in front of a boy that I like. So you need to kick that sucker to the curb. And, uh, and the girls will kind of look at me and say, you know, you're looking for an emotional feeling right now. And that God has not sent you that person. That's, is that your husband? And they start him on around. 
um, you know, they're 16, 17, 18 years old. And they go, well, Coach, Mary, you're talking about marriage. I said, well, dude, I don't know why you'd be dating. Why would you give somebody a piece of your heart if you don't know if it's your husband? If, if it potentially can't be your husband or your wife, do not give them a piece of your heart because you're going to have scars and it's going to hurt and it's not God's way. Yeah. And well, that, I think I think that's a message for another time. It is. It is. <laughs> Praise God. I just needed to yeah. say that because that it, that too is walking in the spirit. So, yeah. Anyway, well, let me say this and uh, I'm not going to pray out. I'm just going to give an encouragement and a suggestion and you can go ahead and turn the recording off. But uh, I want to encourage those who have made it this far. If you haven't gone back and listened to part one, part two and part three before this part four, this is the final one. I encourage you to go back and look at it. Go read Galatians five. Go read Romans six, seven and eight. Go read your Bible. Old Testament through the New Testament and understand the heart of God, understand why he had to send his son, Jesus. And this will help you understand how to walk in the spirit. This walk in the spirit message could go on for years and it can come up in every single message we do from here on out. But uh, I encourage you to pray, to read the word. And maybe if you're listening right now, maybe now, right now is a good time to, like my dad said, to fall on your knees and pray. Ask God to continue to fire up that desire inside you to stir up the Holy spirit in you to continue to follow him and do what he has called you to do. So thank you for all those who are listening who came this far. I know we went over 40 minutes today, but it's all good. And I hope you got something out of it. Amen.